Peace and blessings and welcome back to the Heritage Hip Hop Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Transparent Credit Repair, the superheroes of the financial literacy and credit repair world. If you're looking to fix your credit score, raise your credit score, open your wallet to more money instead of taking in more debt, you can go to Transparent Credit Repair to get aid in helping your situation. To do so, go to www.heritagehiphop.com and scroll to the sc- on the screen and click on the link for Transparent Credit Repair. Fill out the application and by going through Heritage Hip Hop, you get 20% off of your business transaction. That's right, 20% off. So help your financial situation by fixing your credit score and your credit report would be a healing gift when you wanna buy a car or make moves in your life. Transparent Credit Repair is the answer and contact them through heritagehiphop.com. On this episode of the Heritage Hip Hop Podcast, we go to we go to Staten Island and we talk to an MC that's not only been in the game, but he also overcame and became more of a prolific rhyme spitter that tells the truth. We're talking to Rhyme Wrecker. You may have heard him in our interview with Haj G, but this time we get the man himself to tell his story and to tell us what it means to overcome circumstances to become greater by way of them. Make sure you tune into this interview and I'll come back with the rest of my commentary after it's done. Peace and blessings and welcome back to the Heritage Hip Hop Podcast. This platform is not a platform that tells you about beats and rhymes. It tells you about life and MC's perspective. Experience is the real MC and we have to tap into those who share it. This MC shares it and not only gives it perspective, he gives it life. Introduce yourself to the people, please. What's up, people? This is Ron Becker. Yo, your name is not new to me. I've been, I've heard your lyrics for a while now, and it's an honor to get you on the show, man. Thank you for um, appearing on Heritage Hip Hop. Thank you. I appreciate you for having me on your platform, man, on your radio, man. All right. So to everybody out there who doesn't know Rhyme Record, Rhyme Record is an MC with a history. Give them some of your history so they know that you're not a newcomer to the game. Um, <laughs> well, I started early. You all started young. Started at Next Level, um, me, Smooth, Trigger, D.V. Elias, Christ, D.R. Period, Foxy Brown, uh, Flip City, to Morocco, Above Level, Divine, Rafiq, that was the original crew. And then uh, I also, as long as, you know, being in Brooklyn, I also am from Staten Island. My family's from Brooklyn. Miles Room to Shine and Killer Hill. Um, All right. Part of the clan, Wu-Tang, Killer B affiliate. Mm-hmm. You probably heard me on the Pillage, Raekwon album. I'm one of the uh, original members of Raekwon and Chef's flagship crew, American Cream Team. That's pretty extensive. R.I.P. to Chip Banks. I remember Chip Banks was part of that clip, too. R.I.P. to Chip Banks, Mel Carter, and Lord Spur. Word. Lord Spur. Shout out to Power. Shout out to Raekwon. Shout out to Trife. That's right. So for everybody listening, you're listening to somebody who's seasoned. And if you don't know who he is, it's best for you to go and do some history and enjoy this interview. What I don't like to do is talk to season MCs about how they got started and stuff like that. I just like to take it from the now and go forward. 
as of right now, hip hop is missing a lot of its conscience. And that, and that conscience is telling the truth. Why does Rom Record tell the truth in all his rhymes, and why is it essential to his catalog? Uh, maybe it's because of the way I grew up, uh, the era I came in, and when you, uh, if you, if you look at today's technology and all that, like if you diss somebody, you got to be prepared to see that person because you probably want to see them at the club that weekend. Mm-hmm. Like for some reason, there's no social media, but when that record come out and everybody listening to Flex or or down to, um down on BLS or, or such a such a song by Pito, you know what I'm saying? People heard it, so it was kind of like you're not a tennis crowd. You watch the ball go back and forth. So mm-hmm. you rip, you got beef with somebody. Y'all gonna run into each club. You're gonna run into each other at the club, or they come. To, either person is coming to your show. Hmm. Like now, you could be beefing for six months on Twitter and never see each other. Um, it was real, and not just to emphasize the beat. Just it was, it was more real, upfront in your face. You don't log on, you live it. Mm. Different. But don't you think hip hop is going back to that form now? And I don't mean as far as beef. What I mean is people really taking it on as a part of life again and making it part of their identity, not just what they do. Yeah, because the culture has expanded from here to Japan and, and all over. Like, there's shows, people are running to colleagues and peers, and they'll be like, yo, I was in this country. I'm like, you was over there? They're like, yeah, it's big over there. So it's global. To be a billion-dollar business, it has to be global. Mm-hmm. And, it's still, and it's still growing. It's still in its infancy. It's not even 50 years old. Facts. That, that's real, very, I'm, sorry, I'm sorry. The real part comes from it being a real art form. Mm-hmm. A, uh, like a Hollywood thing. This This art form is real. It started in a in a rec room, you know what I'm saying? It was, it was real. Rap is for, you know, people that couldn't sing or couldn't afford instruments. You know? The speakers, the turntable became a band. You couldn't afford the instruments. Mm-hmm. It started from a gritty place. It came from a real place. So, That's facts. That's facts. But even with what you said, with hip-hop coming from that real and that grit, that's been the American story of people of brown skin descent for centuries, if not almost a millennia, that it's always been about you're not hearing me, so I'm going to make you hear me. What does Rhyme Record do to make sure the world hears him and not just knows that he's rhyming when he's on the track? Well, being uh, groomed and, and trained and uh, we had artists and repertoire, Short, you know, short term is A and R, where they don't grow artists. It's like genetically modified now. So around this time, when you coming up, they testing you and they and they making sure that you know um, foundations and and how to carry yourself and 
how to be more of an intelligent MC, just not a guy that's throwing words around. And that consciousness, you know, it started with Nelly Mel, the message. First socially conscious record, where we weren't bragging about me and I got this and I got that and I got this. And then it turned to become everything existential and outside. And after that, it was different. Mm-hmm. And that consciousness was always there. I guess it took a person to actually do it and then make it, it conveyed where the stress levels is still the same as going, don't push me because I'm close to the edge. I'm trying not to lose my head. That meant a whole lot when it was first said. Facts. We're still in the jungle. We're still in the concrete jungle. We still deal with the situations from then. Um, it looks a little prettier, but it's still grittier, if you understand what I'm saying. I do. I do understand that because even though hip-hop has gone to melody and rhymes, which is probably not really hip-hop, but it's a subgenre of it, it still comes from the fact that people out here still have a struggle and we still have a story to be told. See, heritage hip-hop in its, in its, in its purity is not about beats and rhymes. It's about the world getting the story of the people and the MCs that make the music because their story is not truly always told in the music even though the music reflects the life. Your story is one that really perplexed me and it really made caught me off guard. And I want to ask you from an MC's point of view, because you're not a rapper, you are an MC. I want to ask you from an MC's point of view that not only experienced the grit, but shines through the grit. Let's take it from the beginning. Staten Island and Brooklyn. New York is its own world and every borough has an identity. What is the difference between a Brooklyn MC and a Staten Island MC? <laughs> oh, man. Wow. That's a good question. Because a lot of, uh, a lot of people <clears throat> moved from Brooklyn here, uh, from the Bronx, from Manhattan, Harlem, Queens. And I guess it became a melting pot amongst even those who are, you know, born and raised here. So those influences came. But like like you said, each borough is like its own world. We you know, each borough heard the same heard the song when it dropped on the radio at the same time. Uh it hit everybody at the same time. It's just you might you might move a little different. Your slang you got your own slang words. Like, you know, at one time each borough had its own slang. Facts. So it's almost kind of like villages and trials, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So everybody hears that drum. It's the same sound, but everybody got a different perspective to it. The difference, I wouldn't really say it was a difference in a way because Fast Shoelace is out, Big Chains is out, the Leather Bombers is out, and they wear them everywhere. It was the, I would say probably the neighborhood, the social, the social, uh, details of each borough that changed it or made it a little bit more aggressive or this side is a little smoother. Um, I can say that Staten Island being influenced with people moving here, you, you know, you go away, you come back with these experiences, you be all out in the city or something like that, 
and it just created a, a plethora of dope lyricists for a long time. But at that time, you know, they was fronting on Staten Island. Yeah, that's the stories that we hear all the time, that Staten Island is the is one of the most forgotten places, Staten Island, Yonkers, stuff like that. They're like the most forgotten places, but they have some of the illest stories to be told. Yeah. When we think about Brooklyn, we think about the projects. When we think about Staten Island, besides Wu-Tang, we think about Stapleton and Park Hill. What is the identity of the project in hip-hop, and why is it so important to the MC's pen? Because the project was the melting pot. It was a small city, a mm -hmm. small microcosm. And, like, you would have this project has its its own situations going on like in, and goes throughout all the projects. And I'm telling you the story from my projects. Mm -hmm. And looking at the times, the finances was tight, opportunities was tight. So, you know, it comes from a less is more. So necessity is the mother of all invention. Mm. If, you know, these young, bright kids, when you look at the culture of hip-hop, everything that they said the projects don't have, it manifested anyway and showed what it, that it had everything to offer, that it had just as many smart kids, that it had just as many uh, athletes or, or corporate people or business minds, because you've seen it all in there. You always hear the reference about the guy that hustled and had a big empire. He could have ran a 500 fortune, you know, company. Well, you talk about art. Let's talk about graffiti in itself. This, this genre, hip hop culture, produced its own art, its own language, its own fashion, its own music, its own language. Probably one of the last great, or if not the last great, culture to come from here. Well, that's funny that you say that because I believe hip-hop culture existed before Cool Herc. I believe Cool Herc is what made it a party element. So it brought the people together under, you know, peace, love, having fun, and bringing the community together. I really believe hip-hop comes from God because every, every instance of it is God-given and creative. I always say this on Heritage Hip-Hop. If the heart, if the drum is the heart of the beat and your heart beats, that's the similarity. So the heart and the drum is similar. Exactly. I always say, I always say when you make music, you look to make, you look to make harmony. Harmony is when all things work together for one purpose. As with your body, you have systems. When them systems all work together, the purpose is life. So like hip hop is life giving, so is the system in your body. It gives your body life. It gave and life. The, exactly. And the last thing I say is, Whenever you walk through life, you take steps. A step is a part of a journey. Whenever you write music, you write line, you write the notes on bars. The bars are called steps, so you journey through sound. So hip-hop was always there, and it took for the people who took harness of God's heritage and God's gift, which is hip-hop, not only to tell a story but to inspire. Do you agree? Yeah, because you got to think about it. At first, it was the beat. Just beat. It was just the beat. Mm -hmm. By the DJ, it is never to be forgotten because he became the maestro. Mm -hmm. 
before that was the beat before, you know, remember it was R&B, Soul, and Box, and Motown. And you got to remember, their bars was covered in notes being sung. You had poets, but this hip-hop thing is really emphasized on the word. He didn't have to sing. At this time, he didn't have to sing. He didn't have to even do a melody. People locked into the word. And when the beat and the rhyme combine, that's like your nuclear bomb right there. Mm. You know, the proton, electron, boom, right there. After that, everything is where we at now. And now we intellectualizing a culture that when we were, you know, in it, they was telling us this is noise. This is garbage. It's not mm-hmm. going to It's not going to last more than five years. It's 47 years now. Mm-hmm. Now, this, everything that they said we weren't, we overcame. They said graffiti wasn't art. Probably one of the illest art forms to come out. And then once they got a whiff of it, then they wanted to put it on canvas and take all these graffiti artists all over the world. Mm-hmm. But these are kids from the hood that didn't go to art school. Mm-hmm. Right? Breakdancing. Boogie and popping and all that. No formal dance education. All of these moves, acrobatic moves, everything you see comes from the concrete and the projects. Now the whole world does hip-hop dance. Every person not of color is breakdancing. But the scholars of the time said that wasn't even dance. That's street dancing. Now, I can't see a video without some, some element or moves from hip-hop or breakdancing or boogieing in it, you know? Now you got, this is not even real words. This is a bonus. These slang words. Now y'all doing college courses on hip-hop culture and artists individually. That's right. Society. The DJ. The DJs brought techniques back. Like, we went from, you know, scratching on that, um, what's the, the big, uh, thing that your grandmother would have? It's like, it looked like a, a piece of furniture. You look it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, people used to cut on those. They got their turns. But it always went back to the beat. Right. That's it's no different. When we listen to, like, Gladys Knight, or, or, or Rick James or anything because we already are, it's already programming us. That's from the beat. That's all this comes stem from the African drum that was brought over in the slave ship. Mm-hmm. And the thing that highlighted it is the story of the person who got on that mic and got to tell their experience. See, life to me is funny because I can see you, but I can't see myself. But I see myself and how I treat you. That's why the spoken word is so powerful because it gives life to something that people don't really um, acknowledge. You have a story that you told of your life and how you became the MC and the man that you are now with the song, The Autobiography, which is a classic. Tell me about The Autobiography. It was, um, what other way to get people understand where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. 
you know, it's almost like I just, I gave them a, a graphic novel. Mm-hmm. You know, I write graphic novels now. And, and that uh, came attention to detail. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I'm writing these problems, I'm just trying to uh, keep up with my old heroes and influences and impacts and uh, impact probably. Um, autobiography has, like when people ask me, what are your influence? If you listen to autobiography, I just told you everything that influenced, that impacted, or, or the life experiences that developed me into the artist Ron Record. Uh, now, wait, stop right there, because now I want to touch on that. Because when you talk about parents' relationship to even being a latchkey kid, yeah. that's a story that so many people from our era know about, walking home with the key around your neck and staying home until mom got off of work and not having to open the door for people because mom ain't there. But you also sprinkled in a lot of Malcolm X in there to show that the mind and militancy and intelligence of the MC on the microphone is not going to tell you just a street tale. He's giving you a life story. Why was Malcolm X such a pivotal person to put into that song? Well, because my mother would homeschool me as well. And mm. the first book she had gave me to read really was Malcolm X. Mm. When I was a young kid. And, uh, you know, you go and you read it back. You know, every time you go read an incredible book, you you – the older you get and the more you read the book, you're going to get better and different and deeper understandings of that book. Facts. Because you're not going to look at it the same way you look at it when you were 17 or when you were 12 or 9 or whatever. And these books, this, that man, if you, if you really look at it, it's the journey of a man, the transformation of a man. Mm-hmm. As they killed him, before he even went full, you know, to the greatness he was gonna be. He was great at he was great when they killed him. Right. But he still he was still evolving. Mm-hmm. He went to Egypt. He went to the Holy Land of Mecca. Can you imagine what his mind was? Like before he left his mind was dynamic. So when he came back, just imagine. But, but you know what, I'm going to save that question towards the end of the interview because you just took it somewhere that we're going to talk about in detail. But I want to keep the focus on you and your music because, like I said to everybody that's listening, we're on the line with Ron Rucker, an MC who not only has traveled the game, he's also lived the game and gave it perspective in his music. Autobiography, like I said, is a classic because hip-hop always shines in story form and it shines in vulnerability. I give LL Cool J credit because when he made the song I Need Love, which was one of his most vulnerable songs, it changed the course of hip-hop and made hip-hop a little more breathable for the people who thought it was all about street and streets only. It gave the game depth to know that MCs have feelings and we as a people have feelings too. Why is vulnerability on the microphone such an aid to making an MC, a rapper an MC and making an MC a legend? Just as much as you love the bravado, and the uh, the romanticized character of the gangster, you love the human element of vulnerability. We're all human. When we're not as tough as we think we are, we're breakable and fragile at some points. Um, 
human beings are subjected to human nature. We're not perfect. We're we're flawed. Although we're all dynamic, awesome people, we're not perfect. So when you can tap into our flaws, our vulnerabilities, it's a mirror reflection like to you where when you hear it, it taps into that part of you. Mm. So, like, I need love. He gave us the game. Yeah. He gave everybody the game after that. I don't care how hard you are. you got to have a song. If you make a song that's vulnerable within that level of vulnerability, you appeal to the female audience. Mm-hmm. You appeal to the female audience, and you holding up the rock with the guys, and you bring that together. You got a full spectrum. And now a person can master how to tap into people's emotions, their their, their plight, their vulnerabilities, their, their sense of militancy, and, and to uh, fight back survival and success. And all of these things that every human being can relate to. You know what? I want to ask you a question based on what you just said. Mastery comes in different levels, and an MC has to master different levels to become just that. And knowledge itself was the first level of mastery. What was your what was your what was three of the levels of mastery you had to you had to conquer to be the MC that you are today? One was uh, I my biggest fight was I couldn't even put four bars together. That was the mm. biggest. Like these guys are just you know I'm hanging under the older guys of course they they were you know they're incredible they're like me. they they were wordsmiths they are poets. And each one of them, like I just told one of my homeboys, you know, even asked me, I told him, I, I, you know, I messed his head up. I said, I know your, your signature punchline. And he's like, what? I said, because I was a student of the game. Mm-hmm. You know, these things you want to master, you know, like stage fright. You want to MC, master the ceremonies, move the crowd. Mm-hmm. The, the voice can soothe the crowd. Because your voice is an instrument. People tap into certain voices because they like to hear that instrument. The instrumentation of the voice is the lost instrument of truth. And that takes us back full circle to this interview because in the autobiography, not only did you tell the truth, but you gave jewels and you gave a perspective that the game misses. From hearing you on the Immobilarity Project, and even on some of the American Cream Team um, projects, you were a cut, sharp um, orator that your voice had to be the voice of reason rather than the voice of rhythm. Why is reason a more powerful gift to have than having a voice of rhythm? I think because depending on who you're doing a song with, what's the uh, theme of the song. Uh, for, for an example, like the, the clips. I like the clips. If you ever notice, like the younger brother would tell you all the flash, right? Mm-hmm. And then Malice would come in. He's like, yeah, it's, it's, it's flashy. 
but this would come with it. She was the voice of reason. So it's about having that balance. And I think when you have an imbalance, when you keep telling them, yeah, get money, get money, get money, hustle, hustle, and get all this bricks and bricks and bricks, but you're not telling them what comes with it, that you lose friends, that you might get addicted, football numbers involved, family and friends go to jail, people get killed, you know? You're not mm-hmm. telling them or because it doesn't because it doesn't fit the glamour effect of what you're doing. So, so let's let's hit that though. It's a it's about a, a being a voice of reason. I didn't know if I was being a voice of reason. I just kind of came across. Uh, I had you know you have knowledge yourself. It's gonna change your mind. Mm. So I, I things clearly for what they were and not what they presented themselves to be. Not all the time. You know, I was young. So mm-hmm. my perception was pretty good. You could see, you could tell through the records. Right. I had a bird's eye view on a certain perspective of it, and I, and I came in with that. I want to ask you this, though, because the reason and experience is something that makes us mold into the hardened individuals that uses the life lessons that we've been given to continue our life and inspire others. And I read that you had a setback where you were down for a while and you had to fight back. Why don't you touch on that so the MCs, upcoming future MCs and the people listening to this know that hip-hop is not just the song. It's also the life that you put into the culture even when you have setbacks. Uh, well... Of course, girls rhyming, you know, doing the tours and the shows and deals. And, you know, you live in the jet, you know, that jet life, jet, you know, flying in different countries and all the cool stuff that come with it. Um, and at that peak, probably uh, I wasn't writing verses anymore. I was doing them all in my head when it, was a, when it wasn't popular, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, I went from, and that became from, you know, I got tired of scribbling out words and erasing. I got tired of that. I kind of think that fused that part. And then when it was like at my peak, and then um, I had a I had a brain tumor in my, and I didn't know in my right temporal lobe. And I guess it had grown big enough to the point where I had uh, fell asleep in the barbershop and woke up in the hospital. Mm. So, you know, you just don't know what's going on. It's, you know what I'm saying? You, it's like, you know, you, you remember those old black and white TVs where you push the button and they cut off and go, boom, and they yeah. cut off, and yeah. you cut it back on, boom, and just come back on? That's yeah. Not so mm. it's like, you, you know, you pull the plug on your computer and lose that beat, all the same. Wow. Because uh, when, when I told him, he said, yo, your, he said, your hard drive crashed. I was like, wow. Mm. That's the ill way of saying. He's like, yeah, dude, you had like an album in your head. And you, yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then when, when I came to, I lost all that. Mm. I lost all the verses and stuff. Like, it was crazy. And for people, you know, you go, what, what happened to this guy? He just disappeared. So I, mm. I didn't fall off. I fell out. It just took a long time, 
you know, it was just some valleys and some peaks, some highs, some lows, some real lows. Um, and this life, like, like, can you curse? I'm just, life shit. <laughs> life happens. Yeah. Wasn't prepared for that at all. So the road to recovery of a linguist is hard because what most people, when they recover, they have to exercise their limbs and their bodies to get ready to walk again, which I'm sure you had to too. What is the mental recovery of such a traumatic event to going back to being an MC again? How was that? Looking back, um, it was so traumatic, I didn't even know how traumatic it was. So it's kind of like being in the eye of your own storm. So it's mm-hmm. calm. You know it ain't right. You know nothing's right. Um, I couldn't hear in my right ear, and it sounded like water. And when I started rhyming at the level of recording, my whole side of my head sounded like, you know, talking underwater. Mm. I was repeating stuff. I did like, we had this conversation, and I would keep talking about this conversation and keep, keep talking about the conversation and wouldn't know that we had talked about it. Mm. Some of the, uh, I couldn't pronounce some of the vowel sounds, you know? Yeah. Stuff like that. And, um, and that's, you know, these are physical things and, you know, now you're epileptic. So I take, uh, these verses or whatever I do, I am definitely an advocate for people with neurological damage, you know? You you take for granted how your brain allows you to walk and chew bubble gum at the same time. You have no idea. Wow. You're, you're tremoring and stuff like that. It's, yeah, it, it wasn't no cakewalk. And I'm I'm not perfect either. I have my days. But uh, I guess God going to give you the gifts he give you. And if you're willing to nurture it, because I was done. You know, I didn't want to. I was done. But, you know, it's, it's, it's in you. Mm. I'm not a spook. Uh, you know, I'm not a wannabe, none of that. So, you know, it was there. And we salute the Most High for giving you that blessing of recovery, and we're thankful that you're here. So let's, let's, let's continue to celebrate your recovery and celebrate your music. Now, when I interview Haj G, a.k.a. Phantom of the Beat, salute to the big bro. Mm-hmm. They sent me the song Fallout Boy, right? Lookout Boy. <laughs> oh, sorry, Lookout Boy. Pardon me. And um, I was like, what the hell is this? Because I ain't hear that in a while. Right. And I was like, whoa. And I mean, you know, you, you, I'm into the beat, you know. Boy, I'm looking at you. Like, the, the loop is cool, but... The flow, a flow steady, I'm ready. I'm like, oh, okay. Somebody hitting that, they hitting that wave, and then it, then after the wave hit, the punch came right after it. Mm-hmm. What is what's satisfying to you? The wave of the song, because everybody likes to be, I like to be in the wave. They like the rhythm. Was it the wave, or was it bringing that MC back where you had to smack somebody in the back of the head and grab them and then make them wave while understanding that there's wordplay involved? I think it's a little bit of both. Mm. It's completing the mission because I, I would, um, he would call me and I would rewrite verses and I'd be like, yo, you think this sounds good? 
He be like, are you crazy? That's good. But then I was scrapped. And mm. You know, I, I'm hard on myself. I'm real hard on myself because we was trained that way. Mm-hmm. Um, to, to do the best, to kill, to, um, to kill you, kill the weaker party yourself. Damn near. The corny party yourself, you killing off on the record. Facts. Sticking to the theme, learning about letting the songs, letting the beats work for you. Mm-hmm. Novice MCs, you out here putting out the, you doing extra work and you don't know it. And sometimes the beat talks to you. So, okay, that's a whole nother um, question. I'm going to ask you two of those questions now. <laughs> Based off of what you said, so if the beat's talking to you, what do you hear and what is that language? Oh, man. The first thing was, I want to make a song completely different from autobiography. Two mm. way pigeonhole, it's a story boy. You know what I'm saying? He tells old stories, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And like, yo, it has to be a complete departure from the first single, but still deadly. You know what I mean? Yeah. You yeah. Have to be hot at the crib. And I was like, yeah. He was like, yeah. And I, you know, I went, I went back to the lab, Rocky says, and the old job was, of course, to you know, kill, kill your verses, but make sure that this is a complete separation from autobiography. Mm. That I don't, you know, uh, you look at it now. If if you got on blue sneakers and did I wear blue sneakers, those are blue sneaker rappers. Like they, they keep, because <laughs> it's, it's the only way for them to keep up with this high speed assembly line of microwave music they got going on. So you gotta fight the tide. I stood out the game. It wasn't no time. Like I would make jokes. I said, if you make sense, if your rhymes make sense, you're not, they ain't listening to you. Right. Back, to, back to the party, the vibe, the feel, but getting you know, people are older, they, they in their 30s. They're like, man, I don't want to hear this stupid stuff. Hold on, bro. That's what your elders were saying when the beat came on. We was going crazy. Yeah. So Okay. Okay, wait, wait. I'm glad you said that because it still goes back to what you said, the word. And the word is the bond of the art and the, and the life of the person who's living the art. So as an as a MC, what's more powerful, the slick line or the entendre that makes them think? Because they both make them sit down, but what do you think? Hmm. Entendres are, are, pretty, are pretty clever. I don't know if it's – because do you have a whole verse about entendres? No. I think it's the, the punchlines, the entendres. The um, the cadence. Oh yeah, cadences are important. And how you push them out, knowing, knowing when I when we all first started, we were yelling. Facts. And at one point, I was like, I'm not yelling. 
don't want to yell no more. Mm -hmm. you, know, see, yeah, you know, I'm loud, but is being loud effective? Effective, mm. I can didn't yell. No, he didn't. I, I've seen the interview with him. They, they thought his monotone was, was corny because he wasn't mm -hmm. making it. They didn't think it was going to work. Mm -hmm. Cold. Serious. I'm glad you said that because when you yell, you could turn people off. That's why certain preachers and churches lose congregations because you're yelling, but you're not delivering the message. And right now you have a new single called The Matrix that delivers a message and is even very um, visually stimulating as well. Why don't you tell me about The Matrix and how that came together? The Matrix um, is it's my observation of society on the whole at, at it, you know, at the time, kind of like as if an alien landed on your planet, mm -hmm. a recon. But this is what's going on. And I'm basically just telling people, like, yo, it's crazy out here. Mm. really out of hand out here. Not that it wasn't before, but you're starting to see things come to fruition. Mm -hmm. Which, I don't know how we dropped the ball or we knew it was coming, but that's a whole other combo. Um, my observation based on the message. He mm. made an observation in 82, mm -hmm. I made an observation for 2020. The mm. gangster, the, uh, the embellishment of uh, lawlessness, strip culture, or whole culture, that's what they say, called it. You went from the drug dealer to the drug user. Um, complete breakdown of law enforcement. And our president, and our president sets off the video very honestly, don't you think? Yeah, because this is, you know, oh, this is a pandemic for, for me and you. We ain't never been in a pandemic before. We've read about some other pandemics, but have you ever been in one? No. So, dangerous mm -hmm. and exciting times, just like 90s hip-hop. Very, very exciting, fun with some danger attached to it. You know, the club got shot up. Why are we all back at the club next weekend? Mm -hmm. You know, that, that feel, that vibe, that New York, you know, and now it's not just about New York, it's ATL, it's, it's Chicago, Detroit, LA, Arizona, Cleveland, you know, everybody's got their the headquarters. So, our conversation, someone's having this type of conversation in another city or another country right now. And the Matrix and the Matrix is the call to wake up the world because you want everybody to know not only is hip-hop or music, but it's also real, and it can warn us from the things that can hurt us, correct? Yeah, because um, regardless of the records, there was records about having fun then. Ain't mm -hmm. nothing wrong. Listen, we're not here to hate on records by having friends. Sometimes you got to get out of your head 
you you too serious. You a scientist, 25. Look, dude, you still got to have fun. Facts. That's that balance. But the Matrix, I'm trying to tell y'all, like, look, shit's fucked up. But on this song, I got to make it different from Lookout Boy. Because mm-hmm. I don't want you to think I, I'm just going to do that. Now, instead of preaching, I'm styling on you. Mm. I did it as an MC. I didn't do it as a hard bringer, uh, uh, John the Baptist. Oh, it's going down. No. Mm. With that being said, with that being said, though, give everybody your social media so they can find that song and find you so they can see what it is that you're delivering to the people. Oh. Okay, my social media connect, um, contacts are, my name is R-H-Y-M-R-C-K-A. That's, the, that's for my, my handle for Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, R-H-Y-M-R-C-K-A. The website is dcofdigital.net. Videos, you can look on, um, I'm on the Rhyme Record on YouTube. And the videos are also on my Instagram page. And I did a, I did a, we did a a good uh, rollout. You know, shout out to MJ. Shout out to MJ. (laughs) Shout out to the homie Phantom, Rob Swartz, supported, you know, supported me with the video promotion. And shout out to Cage Lion Films. The real Knox Landon, you know. All right. Yeah, you shot that. They shot it. They did the sim. They shot it, and I edited it. So nice. We wanted to. I wanted to give it that impact. I wanted it to see. I wanted to visually paint the picture that matches the picture that I did verbally, and I wanted to be impactful. And when I put out the trailer, I got I got blocked. <laughs> really? That, if you look at the beginning of the video and it's going, it's showing you Instagram. You know, you go to um, promote your video and all that. And you, and right. You post. Right. They told this can't be promoted because this can affect lawmaking, legislative, or COVID nineteen. Hmm. Interesting. Then they say you got to write a letter to appeal. I wrote a letter. And what happened? I got denied. No, oh my goodness. <laughs> so I couldn't even promote my own show. They'd let me post, but it wasn't going to get no burn. So everybody out there, make sure you go check out the Matrix video because not only has it been shut down so you can't see it, it's one of the most pivotal songs out right now. <laughs> it's, 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 you know what I'm saying? Because people are catching on to it, so it's getting this burn. But yeah, man, I, I wasn't even expecting that. I thought if you, I was like, y'all didn't ban me for The Walking Dead, and that was, mm-hmm. you know, a little over the top. But I was like, y'all gonna cut me, for real? So you know, being you know, hip hop is, is you know, it's rebellious. You know what I said? I gotta make one even worse. You know, what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> completely banned me. Okay. Uh, so that's why it was the, then I started making uh, cinematic trailers of 
theatrical trailers. So nice. three that look like film, and then I dropped the video. And then we just went hard on the rollout. Nice. So everybody out there that's listening, this is Rom Wrecker. And, yeah. we, and, I, and this is Heritage Hip Hop where we don't believe in streaming. If you like the song and you stream it, stream it to your heart's desire. But if it really touches your heart, put some money behind it. Everybody buys scratch-offs or dollar quarter waters or whatever, candy. You don't really need that. But you need music. So if, it's, if Matrix or Autobiography or Lookout Boy really moves you, Put it, put get the money it. behind it. Get the get the music because if the internet went down today, you could not stream. And if you don't buy your music, you don't own your music. So support the artists and, and, and help them build a bigger platform to give you the music that you love by giving them some money. You agree, sir? I agree, hundred percent. And with that, oh, that's right. And get the matrix right now. And with that, and with that, and with that being said, we're not closing out the interview, sir. I want to play a game with you called. The rapid fire questions. Are you ready for that? I guess. <laughs> okay. Well, look, the rapid fire questions are not yes, no questions. They show the depth of your understanding of hip hop culture and yourself as an MC. Sounds better? Okay. So here's the first question. What song or album from another MC's catalog perfectly describes your life? Ooh, that was a good question. Mm -hmm. One album that describes my life? An album or a song from another MC's catalog. Damn. Because <laughs> so many songs, you know, hit you, you know. That, every, you know what I'm saying? We all are, mm, damn. Just give me one. We can't go wrong. I mean, it's your answer. Damn. Yeah, because I got a, I be having a lot of fun. I listen to <laughs> Well, what's the first one that came to mind? All of them. <laughs> <laughs> all right, how about, all right, what, what's better? The song, a song, his a song, or an album? Which one is easy, was better to answer? Mm. I get. Man, I would just have to say, as an MC, yeah, the Trinity, man. No, I'm tired. Of, I'm tired. Of, there's no more Trinity. It's KRS One, Rakim, Kane, Coogee Rap. So their music sums up you. Um, I think I'm missing somebody else. Public Enemy. So all their tracks sum up you. Yeah. Okay, that's aggressive. That's a that's a different and prolific answer. Okay. Here's my next question. You said something very profound in this interview about Malcolm X's book, his mind, and how your mom taught you and you gave you that book, right? Yeah. What type of MC is Malcolm X, and why is his microphone still prolific today? Man, that dude is like one part, one part, two part, Nas, Public Enemy. He's he's our conscious. Mm -hmm. He's he's the come on. He all means necessary. His he named his album off of that phrase and then stood in the window with the Uzi. So that that was the 
man. He, man, every. Whew. So then, as an activist, Malcolm X is the MC of hip hop. The activist of hip hop. The R R R R embodiment of activism. Um, I don't know if I can call him an MC. I think he's he's way more than that. You know, you know what I'm saying? I never even thought of it like that because mm-hmm. he's an MC, and then Farrakhan became an uh, MC. Still is. Facts. 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 Okay. I like how you said that. Farrakhan, it still goes into, once again, controlling the crowd and giving the message, and they did. There's a lot of people who are activists who don't move the crowd or give messages. They're just loud, like you said. You don't want to keep yeah. yelling. Like, like, we have great leaders and activists who are MCs, like Fred Hampton, Marcus Garvey, um, like I said, Kwame Tora, Dick Gregory, uh, Asada um, Shakur. Like, you know what I'm saying? We have... Um, Sister Soldier, like we have people who are on the front lines, Tamika Mallory right now, who are on the front lines as activists, but they're also MCs because they're moving the conscience and the culture forward. My next question to you is this. What is the song hip hop has not made that you're dying to hear? Because it will push the culture forward. That it hasn't made? Yep. It hasn't made it yet. I, I don't know about that one. You don't know yet? That they haven't made. There's some hip hop has not talked about everything, so there is topics that have not been touched on in hip hop. Is there a topic that comes to mind that you would love to hear hip hop address that it has not done yet? I can't really, I can't really get on that because they've touched everything. It's just that song didn't make it to the playlist. Mmm. So the song exists, you believe, but people haven't heard it yet. Yeah, there's songs you you know you've heard along the way, man, and and I mean you just didn't keep it in your memory as long because you got hit with fifty other great songs. Um, mm. But there are songs this this some everything. I mean, at one point, Tupac he he gave you the um the George and Jonathan Jackson story. Mm-hmm. All he wanted to be was a soldier, you know. So mm. for those that didn't know who he was. Or, or you didn't know who H. Rap Brown was to Public Enemy. And Stokely Carmichael. Carmichael was featured on on Kara Swan's, I think, Edutainment album. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so we, we have, we have, we have our scholars and we have our lyricists that are influenced by those, those scholars and activists. And uh, people, people of the people, the voice for the people. The sad part is we're losing all our sages, our elders, the last of the truth tellers. Mm-hmm. The ones that be telling the truth, I'm kind of, you know, I'm kind of skeptical. Mm. But they're not unapologetic truth tellers at times because sometimes the politics is real big or they don't want to lose their. Uh, endorsements, you know? Yeah. They telling the truth I think is necessary. I think like when Dave Chappelle was telling people about the comedians are probably the realest people right now. Because they based on observation. And they are talking about I think Cat Williams put us on to more stuff being a comedian. But he kept getting arrested, so you you know, 
that was sensationalized, over sensationalized his uh, messages. He, I didn't know that what a super earth was. I was watching Cat Williams. I didn't know NASA had shut down for a while. Huh. Can't wait. So that's what the rappers are supposed to do. Rappers are supposed to reflect what's going on and always be able to tell us what's going on. They're the CNN reporters, CNN news reporters for the streets. Mm. Now, when our reporters got caught up in, the, you know, got swept up in the BS, you know, where's your, where's your, where's your sound? Where's your direction at? I'm glad you said that because you have been an MC on a microphone, but you also been on camera. The movie Black and White, right? So yeah. you have you have an understanding of the theatrical game as well. And with the web series becoming big, movies and 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 the and the camera have become just as pivotal in telling the story as the MC. What is the future of the MC outside of music? Are the great MCs going to become poets and authors, you believe? Or are they going to go behind the camera and give you visual storytelling, just like the lyrical um, storytelling as well? well? I think wherever they want to go. Um, I'm on the camera. I do uh, pretty much all my own artwork. I do promotions. I edit. I do my own journalism sometimes. So if the artist has, due to the evolution and changing times, we have to become remember the triple threat was the big thing I use a triple threat you you you're an artist a producer or you do movies or you can sing rap and do movies or something like that mm-hmm. now that's normal that's considered normal you're not a mutant anymore that's mm-hmm. normal me me doing whole songs without writing them down that was abnormal to people that was abnormal to my crew now that's normal. Mm. I like that. That's called evolution. And that's yeah. very good because evolution is, evolution is what's going to make the game survive. So I have two more questions for you, and then we're going to close out this interview. The, the question I want to ask you that is directed towards you personally is this. Hip-hop is nothing but a door. Off of what you said, you just proved that, that, People rush to do music, and they get to the door, then they stop, not knowing there's a bigger world when you walk through that door and see the other side of the game. Being that you have walked through the door already, what did hip-hop teach you that you bring back to the world to, 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 to show the world that there's more? I mean, I, I said that at the end of the autobiography. It started, it started off as a street dream my pen writing 16s. So I didn't travel the world with the illest teens. I, to, to go from a project building with a, with a, you know, a starry-eyed dream to be uh, a rapper, MC, artist, and travel the world, right, in your conditions and, and living in the conditions and the times that we came from and to, to actually pull that shit off. Uh-huh. You, you know, your parents are like, what? I was an NBA artist. They were like, what? Are you crazy? That's absurd. You know, like, you, <laughs> you know you're risking it. Uh-huh. And then when you actually pull it off, it's crazy. 
this, even if you didn't start as an MC, you sort of as a producer. You go from a producer to a fame producer that's most sought after, right? You have a production company, you start a label, you get in tune with these companies that make production equipment. You start endorsing the equipment, the Akai's, the Tascams, the Rollins, right? The Fruity Loops, the Pro Tools. From that, you're a, a brand ambassador. And then you're traveling around endorsing other producers. And, and now you become an, an elder statesman. So that evolution is there. If you want to stay just that, then that's where you stay, where you come to. Do what you love and be happy with what you're doing. But it's just evolutionary that we don't just stay on the beat with the pen. Who wants to know what beat I want to rhyme to more than me? Mm. And all the things I learned is because I was asking to get these things done, but I wasn't getting them done. Like, you have to wait online, you know? Now, I, I remember getting an NPC. That was like three grand. Now I got an NPC on my phone. It was $12. <laughs> yeah. So you can record whole albums in your bedroom. Mm-hmm. Where it would have took a million dollars down there to do an album. Mm. Now you're doing your bedroom. Podcasting. You know what I'm saying? But the dope part is it makes the playing field more level. Mm. You know so with that with that being said about levity and putting the game in the people's hands, everybody remember you're listening to Heritage Hip Hop Podcast with Karev and we have Ron Rucker, intelligent MC who endorses not only the game but the life that is inspired by the game. And I want to ask you my final question, which is the most important question to ask of the first interview. So when you drop your album or anything or if you want to come back and, uh, and, and do some and do some um, some theory with us, you're more than welcome. You don't have to have the hot song out to be interviewed on our pro- our platform. So I want to extend that to you. Like that, you know what I'm saying? Because it's a it's an art form. It's an actual art form. There's there's techniques and methods we've all learned from. Whatever your field of interest is, whoever the great for the legends, you've been influenced and, and you learn from them. So for the continue to replicate and evolve, that means there's some type of art method, technology, or process to it, right? Mm-hmm. So we're all in here mastering arts, if you will. So let's bring the art out of Ron Rucker's story. My most important question of the first interview to you is this. 500 years from now, unfortunately, you're not going to be walking on the planet. And and we say, we pray that the Most High blesses you, your family, and your loved ones so nobody's affected by the garbage that's going on in the world right now due to COVID, police brutality, social injustice, etc. So may the Most High continue to bless you and your family first. May the Most High bless your family first. Thank you. But 500 years from now, you're not going to be walking on the planet. And then they're going to do a hip-hop archive 500, 700 years from now. And uh, uh, they're going to they're gonna open up a capsule, or they're going to talk about some of the people who were prolific who changed the game. 
And somebody's going to come across autobiography. Somebody's going to come across Matrix. And Ron Rick is going to be introduced to a whole other generation of people who are looking for truth and found the reason behind the rhyme. My question to you is, what is your legacy and how did you make the world better by you doing music? That as I was enlightened by the culture that I inspired and enlightened others and hopefully have influenced others to follow, not imitating, but in the vein of lyricism and the art of being an MC, and maybe that I being listened to pushes them to be great within their own time. That I was looked at as a, as an MC, that he was dope. You know, that's, you know, to be dope. But to have anybody that gets to listen to me, hopefully I impacted and made an inspiration in them to be a better MC. And with that being said, inspiration is the thing that not only teaches you, but it helps make you great because you acknowledge the greatness of somebody else who was taught before you. Always yeah. do your best to be great because that's what you were made for. And in the heritage of hip-hop is greatness through God's inspiration that gave us the hip-hop that we celebrate. With that being said, this is Karev with the prolific MC Rom Wrecker. And we say peace, peace. and we out. One. For those of you who do not know, Ron Rucker has been in the game for a while and he's been giving verses for free to people who are looking for knowledge. But now that people are paying attention, Ron Rucker has produced great songs like Autobiography, Matrix, and uh, Lookout Boy with Haas G, a.k.a. Phantom of the Beat. But give Ron Rucker your time because going through what he went through with... um coming out of that brain injury and being the great MC that he is not only did he work for his craft but he's owning his craft with the work that he's put in so salute to Ron Rucker this episode of the Heritage Hip Hop Podcast has been brought to you by Transparent Credit Repair, the superheroes of the financial literacy and credit repair world. If you're looking to fix your credit score, fix your credit and open your wallet up to receive more money instead of paying out more debts, then please go to www.heritagehiphop.com and click on the link for Transparent Credit Repair. All people that click on the link receive 20% off for all services done by Transparent Credit Repair. So once again, go to www.heritagehiphop.com and click on transparent credit repairs link for more details before we get out of here we'd like to thank everybody who supports heritage hip-hop which is available on apple podcast spotify but our home base is www.heritagehiphop.com also we are heritage hip-hop on all social media youtube twitter instagram and all social media make sure you support us by following www.heritagehiphop.com we are the heritage of hip-hop and hip-hop is the heritage of god so we represent god's heritage which is you we are the movement that invests in people not in playlists so if plays is all you want then go get that but if you want the world to hear your story and to invest in you and your music come to heritage hip-hop bookings are available hit us on heritagehiphop.com we'd like to give a shout out to transparent credit repair to Fatty's Place, BQ Get Well, we can't wait for you to come back home. To Lex Diamonds, Diamonds Entertainment, LLC, check them out on Instagram to check their new podcast. DJ Big A of the Big A Show, 
and the Goodfellas family, which is Dab the Photographer at AEP Presents on Facebook, Tommy Guns, which is Goodfellas TV, as Goodfellas with a Z, TV.com, Shaw Montana, salute. And we are Heritage Hip Hop. Salute to Fire Jaws, coming with a nice surprise from Wildfire Marketing and his new project. He's an MC turned marketer, so you're going to see a lot of good things coming from the team real soon. But most the most important uh, aspect of Heritage Hip Hop that makes it pop is you. So thank you for following the platform. Thank you for helping build this up. And let's walk this journey together. Look for more things to come soon. More podcasts. The Mike Council will be coming back very soon. And we don't only interview people who do music. So if you're an MC or producer, singer, you're always welcome. But the people who contribute to hip hop and other forms of society is also welcome to come to Heritage Hip Hop. So if you do comic books, if you're a politician, a police officer, a social servant, or somebody who's a teacher who works with the community, you are also welcome. Because like I said, we are God's heritage and we are hip hop. But with that being said, this is Karev from Heritage Hip Hop saying, and peace and we out